Thank you for downloading this podcast from Teacher Magazine. I'm Rebecca Vukovic. Out-of-field teaching is a part of the Australian school system, mostly through necessity, but sometimes by design. That's what three Deakin University academics, Dr Linda Hobbs, Associate Professor Coral Campbell and Associate Professor Colleen Vale, have found while researching the issue of out-of-field teaching. They've looked closely at teachers' experiences of being out-of-field and changes to their practice and identity over time. The academics recently shared their work at a visit to the Australian Council for Educational Research Offices in Melbourne. In today's School Improvement Podcast, we'll be sharing some highlights from their presentation. But to kick things off, we heard from Colleen Vale, who explained more about the Australian Research Council project they've been working on and the three lines of inquiry she's been following. Our ARC project um, has three focuses on teacher learning and identity, teacher practice and school context. It's a three-year project. Every year we've been conducting individual interviews with out-of-field teachers. Um, we've had group, group interviews with the teacher and a mentor where they've had them. And I have to say that in some of our schools they don't always have one, so we haven't been able to do that. Um, we have an, um, an individual video-stimulated interview about their teaching practice, so they video a lesson an infield lesson and an out-of-field lesson, and we then talk about that in terms of their beliefs and practices. And we've also had interviews with the leadership team around the context um, of the school. So today we're going to talk about three lines of inquiry that we're following through. One is teachers' mathematical beliefs. The second is mathematical learning and identity changes and the influence of context. So. <clears throat> Mathematical beliefs for out-of-field teachers. One of the things that's interesting about this is that we tend to be focusing on teacher quality a lot and thinking about their knowledge of content and pedagogical content knowledge. And that's important. But one of the things that we know is that their beliefs about the discipline, their beliefs about teaching the discipline, and their beliefs about um, how people learn that discipline are very dialogically related to the actual practice in the classroom. Um, and so we need to be considering not just their knowledge, we need to be also considering their beliefs. When we looked at our teachers at the beginning of our study, and this is just at the beginning and we're going to track tracking these through, what we notice is that most of our teachers in the study think the discipline of mathematics is all about facts, rules and skills. And this typically comes from out-of-field teachers because your beliefs are based on your experiences to start with, so they're re recalling their experiences of learning, um, math in this case, mathematics. Um, and we're finding that our infield teachers are more likely to have alternative views. A lot of our teachers, though, when they're thinking about how do we want to teach, they really do want to do something for the students at the individual student level, so hence the learner-focused one. But it's not necessarily an autonomous learning or a problem-solving approach. It might be differentiation or targeted teaching or something like that. We then heard from Dr Linda Hobbs, who spoke about the idea of transition for early career teachers. 
Here, she explores some of the unique challenges early career teachers face, particularly when they're working out of field. The next line of inquiry looks at um, the transition idea for early career teachers. So where you have a, an experienced teacher who's been teaching for a long time, they suddenly get um, VCAL maths or VCAL numeracy in their load and there's a big change for them. They know how to teach, they know how to deal with students, they know how to handle the various things associated with the task of teaching. Whereas an early career teacher faces a very different challenge. And so what, I, what we're trying to do in this um, ARC is to look at this notion of transition from uh, moving into the teaching space and what happens for them during that time as they learn to teach out of field while learning to teach. Um, and some research that, that sort of is sort of a sister research to this, um, we've been able to look at, um, to track teachers across three or four years and just look at, at the things that, that are changing for them. And there's sort of four things that are tending, uh, that are changing. The first is the positioning, how they position themselves, their identity changes, so, um, the no and how, how that relates to their role. So the notion of role becomes much more meaningful. It's not just this thing that they walk in and they're trying to um, establish themselves. They actually get a sense of what it means to be a teacher. And they're trying out a provisional identity, an identity that they've sort of constructed for themselves. And then they go and see how it goes. And then they shift it, change it, depending on what experiences, what feedback they get from people around them, etc. Agency is very important. Um, obviously, early career teachers, when they go into teaching, they don't have a great deal of agency in terms of control over what they do, the way they teach, um, and uh, certain decisions. Um, and so over time, they are assuming more control over what they teach and how they teach. Um, although sometimes allocation is never really in the control of any teacher. <laughs> oh, we're very aware of that. Um, but often you have very experienced teachers who they'll take the senior classes before any of the junior teachers. Um, the next is continuity. So they're establishing continuity across subjects. The notion of continuity ties back to that notion of discontinuity that we mentioned before. Um, I didn't really go into a lot, but the, the, when you're out of field, uh, the boundaries literature talks about discontinuity. Um, you are outside of your area of expertise, uh, the field is different, it creates discontinuity for you for some reason. So it's not actually just the fact that you're teaching out of field, but the fact that there is some problem, there's some issues that you're dealing with. And so over time you actually establish this continuity, the boundaries become permeable in that um, there's not so much discontinuity that you're experiencing. You're beginning to see uh, what boundary objects you can use to move across the different subject areas. So for example, a teacher might use the design process as a boundary object as they move from um, the, the science classroom. They, they take that into, the, into a textiles classroom, for example, which is one of our teachers. So that design process makes that boundary crossing doable for them. They can work with that. And so over time, they are, um, the, there's this notion of disruption. Disruption's not a bad thing, as we know, but it's a matter of how, um, how that disruption, the effect of it, whether it is totally demoralising or if it's that opportunity for learning. And then the last one is expertise. So the nature of the knowledge and beliefs, over time they become clearer. Um, the knowledge that they need to know becomes clearer. They forget the things that they don't need to know anymore. Uh, one of my teachers talked about that the other day. 
Um, so their, their knowledge is becoming um, more complex, refined, experienced, informed. Uh, they, the knowledge of the task is clearer. We then heard from Coral Campbell, who spoke about school culture and the impact it has on beginning teachers when they first begin out-of-field teaching. When looking at school culture, she explored several different things, including leadership practices, teacher interactions, supporting and resourcing, timetabling, the agency of teachers, and more. Here, she shares a specific example of one school's unique approach to out-of-field teaching. So, I'm talking about um, one particular school that I was at, and this school had a program which was called FUSE. And the program ran between years seven to nine. And the students were allocated to these pods of quite large groups. So the school had, uh, was a, it was built about six years ago, but it was built with large open areas. And they would place 60 to 70 students in this pod and assign four teachers. So at year seven, I think they have maybe three pods for the year seven group. Um, three or four for year eight and, and nine. But that's, those 70 students would be taught by the same four teachers uh, the whole, whole time. Um, and the way they set it up was that they would have a science, maths, English and humanities teacher. They would have defined lessons in science, maths, humanities and English, but that was, say, for two hours of the day. And the rest of the day, the students would come together as a large group and do tasks from any of the areas. So there was a lot of student autonomy around what they were uh, choosing to do. In that time when there was this, the students were all together, the four teachers would be there. And if the student was working on a maths problem, but the maths teacher wasn't available, that student could ask the English teacher or the humanities teacher. So all of the teachers had to know what was happening with all of the curriculum areas. So when we looked at the culture, what we found was that the, in general the um, leadership allowed teacher choice in allotment. So uh, as these young teachers came into the school, um, they were happy to take maths if they felt comfortable with it. They had some choice then in what they did in their senior uh, areas. <coughs> the teacher interactions and relationships, they had critical friends or mentors assigned in their first year, but because of the arrangement where the teachers all sat in one office space, they actually tended to bounce ideas off each other. So the idea of a critical friend or mentor was less important to them. And by the second year, they, they didn't have one established. So they'd move past the idea of a, a mentor. Um, the, the actual uh, structure of the pod allowed this idea of resourcing, sharing of resources, sharing of ideas, and of course the attitudes and structures around PD. They were strongly supportive for PD, but what they found was that many of them said they, although they felt they needed PD in their outer field areas, they felt uncomfortable going to um, a designated PD in their outer field areas because they felt that they knew so much less than the other teachers that were there. I went to a leadership meeting at, at the school I had just two weeks ago and I put this to the prince. I said, these are the, the things that you need to do to support your outer field teachers. And I actually got them to 
do a checklist about whether they did it all the time, sometimes, whatever. What really came through for out of that um, checklist was that the two things they didn't do well was providing additional planning time for beginning out-of-field teachers. So beginning teachers have a small allocation in their first year because they're beginning, but if they were beginning and out-of-field, they didn't get any extra allocation to do out-of-field. And the other one that they didn't do very well at this school was this idea of trade-off for taking an out-of-field area. So if you're taking something out of outside your expertise, could you then be given you know, uh, an in-field area as a trade-off? Or could you be given more time to do PD or things like that? And they identified that, that those two areas were things that they needed to work on. To conclude the presentation, we return to Linda Hobbs, who summarises the findings and discusses what schools can do moving forward. There is clear evidence that there is teacher learning and um, developing of teacher beliefs and practices through, through boundary crossing. Actually, it's, it's, what, it's the way teaching works in Australia. Um, the reality is that in most schools there is out-of-field teaching and in talking with um, unions and political people and subject associations, actually it's just the way we do things in Australia. But it doesn't have to be that way and in fact other countries won't stand for it. So it is bifurcated depending on your experience, probably depending on the amount of support that you have. Um, and so that, that school culture really does impact on those that individual teacher's journey of uh, developing a position in the school, developing agency over time, um, things becoming continuous for them and developing expertise. Um, the last thing we want to point out is do we need a way of thinking about out-of-field teaching? Does there need to be some sort of a strategy um, to ensure teacher quality, to, um, to consider how the systems are involved, what sort of response and where? Is it about how teachers are prepared? Is it about dealing with the teachers? that are already in school um, and is it about um, getting more teachers in? So there's sort of three ways of dealing with it. Um, a key point for me is resisting putting the locus of change only on the teacher. There are other people involved in here that also need to be thinking about their part in dealing with it. Um, it's not just a teacher issue. Um, and those, that there are new curriculum and teacher collaboration models arising in schools. STEM in particular is one that is going to mean that teachers are out of field. Um, how do we deal with that? What do we think about that? Um, is it part of what we do? Is it an opportunity for learning? In which case, what sort of conditions do they need for that to be an opportunity for learning? That's all for this episode. To keep listening or to download all of our podcasts for free, visit acer.ac forward slash teacher iTunes or www.soundcloud.com forward slash teacher hyphen A-C-E-R. You can also check out the full transcript of this podcast and related reading at www.teachermagazine.com.au where, of course, you can also access the latest articles, videos and infographics.